Hey everybody, Mark Herman, aka LA Bengals fan on most of the major platforms. And I'm joined here by super fans, Devin Circus and his son Jake Circus of the Jake Circus Podcast. And this is our free agency recap jungle talk. Yeah, all right. So don't get too excited, guys. I know I do that for the I told them I do that for the we put up the audio on Spotify. So they gotta hear something that's kind of an intro. The people watching us. You know, it's it is what it is. So, um, before I forget, if you don't subscribe, please subscribe. It's all we ask. We do these shows by fans for fans. So just support the channel. Hit the subscribe. Hit the bell. Get the alerts. And then Jake, tell them where they can find all your stuff. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Circus. That's where most of my Bengals and NFL stuff uh, goes. And then my podcast. A little bit of a break right now with not really much going on. But uh, when the NFL season or off season kind of Slows down and the OTA start. We'll do a lot more content there. Jake Circus podcast on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he does some great gambling shows. So are you doing any stuff on baseball or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Generally betting baseball much. every day. Yeah. I, I, right, Dad? I, you want to follow? Check his Twitter feed. So got some. Maybe yeah. no trailers picks these days. So well, hey, uh, we are baseball. Well, it's only five days in. Not off to a great start, but you know, I. I finished in the green last year, over 400 plays over the course of six months. So there's a there's a, there's a pretty big sample size there. Anytime you 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 were 0 and 1 today. I get I gave Jake my mortal lock today, and yeah, I, and it lost. I was right, but it didn't hit. <laughs> if it's a mortal, I'm the lock, one who made the money on it. Didn't it, hit. So. It's a miss. I'm just a, I don't care I know. how you, how you spend it. I don't bet anymore. <laughs> so, but um, well, I, my big my big kudos was I jumped on UConn after the Sweet Sixteen. They were still eight to one. I was surprised that they wow. were still there. Um, and and it was ten to one when I first logged in. So I did grab some UConn money at the end of the tournament, That's and I never good. worried about that. That was uh, so I was I was pleased with myself there. So that's great. Pat on the back. Um, that doesn't sure. take away my the fact that in a pool I picked Arizona to go all the way. So you know I kind of recovered from yeah, that. We can move on. We can yeah, move on. We don't need to discuss that. All right. Well, let's jump in. We've got what we want to do. The last big show we did, we had the Orlando Brown signing. So since then, we've had Jonah, who was asked for trade requests. So want to talk a little bit about that. And then and then we've had a series of some really good signings. So. But first, that's the first thing I want to talk about. We lost Bates, we lost Perrine, we lost Bell. Jake, what do you think our compensatory picks are going to be? Are we going to get anything for for at least Bates and Bell? Yeah, they're going to get a third for Jesse. Um, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I haven't quite looked. I think Hurst is going to get um, generate a, a comp pick as well. Uh, this will not be for this draft. This will be for next year's draft. Right. Um, so they'll come out around uh, around this time next year. Um, but there's there's a guy on Twitter that's that's like goes really deep into comp picks. But f- for sure, uh, a third for Jesse Bates. I don't know if Von Bell hits that third round pick threshold. So that will probably be a fourth or a sixth. But for the first time in a while, the Bengals are looking at, you know, because the last couple of years, they haven't really traded picks before the draft. So it's OK. They've been picking. They've had seven picks the last couple of drafts. Um, but for the first time in a while, uh, they've they've had some good players who they they it didn't really fit in the future to resign. Right. And they're going to get some uh, compensation out of that uh, for twenty twenty four. I fully admit I don't know the process, but don't they lose the potential of that pick by signing Brown? 
doesn't it balance out based that, on who, uh you I, you might be right you you honestly might be right i i don't know i have not looked at comp picks um it, it would not surprise me that that is a rule that is a thing but i don't know since when like if the timing has anything to do with it um but there is a guy on twitter that'll have to check his stuff after we we get off to see um what the orlando brown signing did cuz i remember seeing something when he signed it about someone said yeah maybe this this will take away the comp pick but i yeah. i don't think we'll actually know until uh they come out next year but right. i know we for sure get one for hearst okay um, so we'll, it's not like gonna I be said. a third for hearst yeah but yeah we sign a multi-year deal what's that we'll get one for hearst because he signed a multi-year deal right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, well, like I said, we'll revisit that. So look into that. We'll pick that up on the on the draft preview that we do on our next show. We could talk about it a little more. But that was just something, you know, it's one of those hidden gems because that's how you move from the fourth to the third is you take a four and a five and you throw it with your with your four and you move up from the fourth to the third. And it's this kind of draft capital that allows you to do that. So that's one of the pluses if you lose guys that you can pick up. And we've done pretty well with some of these late picks. You know, Clayton Fendulum, guys like that were were late picks that you know that we used and and look how they turned out so can't ever can't ever argue with that um most of our signings have been kind of steady and strategic so while we did lose Hurst we did bring in Irv Smith okay while we did you know lose Bates we and Bell we did bring in Nick Scott so we've had some very I think very smart signings especially on the dollar side I mean we tend to be a uh, organization that kind of is maximizes our uh, our free agent picks you know so let's talk about some of them um and we're still shopping we're still looking because trevor simeon's visiting us so we're still looking to replace brandon allen i think so so let's jump in with somewhere? uh with did brandon uh, allen signed somewhere uh yeah i think he did did he okay, sign so, with- oh yeah, i didn't know that I didn't know if Brandon Allen was still on the team or not, but I know Trevor Simmons, Trevor Simeon is visiting us this week. He's got a lot more playing time than Allen. So what's that? Well, I mean, the thing with Brandon Allen is, is he hasn't played in a while, but they do, they, they, they have said a lot of good things about him in terms of that, that, that Joe likes him. But if you want a backup quarterback, there's like multiple schools of thought with backup quarterbacks, because like in most cases, if they're on the field, you're, and especially in the Bengals scenario, because how much they rely on Joe. If Brandon Allen's on the field, the season's most likely over, like unless Joe is going is able to come back. But if Joe suffers a season-ending injury, the season's over. So it really doesn't matter how good of a football player the backup quarterback is. But that that's probably something like they bring him in to pick his mind, and he can meet Joe and see some stuff. But as far as Brandon Allen goes, I don't know if he's still on the team. Uh, I just, he, he's a, he, he's unsigned, but he is a free agent. So. Right. Okay, so he's a free right. agent. And hey, Jake, your guy Carson Wentz is still available. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he might be suiting up for uh, for one of the XFL teams next year. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is that you want somebody and I'm not saying get Teddy Bridgewater. I'm using him as an example, but you want somebody who could come in like when like when they had Jameis Winston go down and Bridgewater won games. Even on Miami, Bridgewater came in and what you want a capable backup. So if Joe does go down for a few weeks, you could go two and one and not get swept on three on those three games. So that's the point of having a, a better backup. It's okay. kind of completely full circle if they if they bring Andy back. I that's what I was gonna well he signed, but I oh never, that's right, he did. 
there were people that were clamoring for to bring Andy back as a backup. And to your point, Mark, I completely agree. I just don't see the Bengals paying four, five, six million dollars for a backup that you have to pay for. No, they, they don't have that. Like, right. I just don't see it in, we'll see. in the plan. But, Mark, you did make kind of circling back to, to your intro, you did um make a good point about the Bengals kind of maximizing their their free agent dollar-wise. Yeah. But what they do that's really interesting to me is this has been a trend for them the last couple of years with Duke and Katie taking over and Zach having much more influence on the on the the roster than kind of what Marvin did. Um, Marvin liked a lot of old veterans. That was his history. Yeah. Uh, is they've maximized each player's window of 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 when they're at their peak. Like Von Bell, who had a very good year and a contract year with New Orleans, came over. Um, I don't. He he was like second or third in the on the team in tackles behind Jesse and Pratt the last three years. And Von Bell was. That was like his three-year peak with Cincinnati. They did the same thing with Hayden Hurst. He didn't really have a great contract year with with Atlanta. Came over, um, got suffered through injuries, but was a reliable fourth or fifth pass catcher. And then they've they've done it countless times, um, and they're going to keep doing it with Nick Scott, who's going to be a plug and play for Von Bell with Irv Smith, who has a huge catch radius and is really fast right. off the line. I'm really excited to see um, what he can do. He's also able to block in space which I don't think has been had been talked about a lot because Hayden Hurst wasn't able to do that. Hurst was a better run blocker, but Irv can get out there and and, and block in space. Um, Bengals love to throw out wide to Jamar, make him break tackles. So that'll be a wrinkle that Irv Smith can bring to the team. And they've they've done they've added this wrinkle into their mindset with free agents is that they're going to maximize each player's window and be okay with letting them leave because they know that that they're able to replace them. Yeah. yeah, to that point, Jake, I remember reading something a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like it even came up on our last one, is the Bengals formula, especially in free agency, really seems to be they love resigning their own. Uh, but when they're bringing in from outside the organization, they love signing guys on that second contract and never the third. So they love bringing in the 25, 26 year old that did their four or five year rookie contract. And signing a guy for three or four years, if it's like the Von Bell quality type um, at 26 years old, and then letting them go at 30, regardless of how productive they were in the 27, 28, 29 year old years. And it's working. Yeah. No. And this year was exactly that. I mean, when we signed Orlando Brown, um, you know, the every fan's first in instinct was to go look him up and, you know, see what he's about. Obviously, pe people know Orlando Brown, but, you know, sometimes you look him up and you learn something new about him. And I, I remember you texted me and you were like, holy shit, he's 25. He's 26. Yep. And, like, his You're contract's going to be expired. He's not even going to be 30 yet. Irv yep. Smith isn't even 25. He, yep. he won't be 25 until the season starts. To that point, before we started, I looked up Irv Smith because as a fantasy guy, Irv Smith had sleeper on him multiple years the last couple of years. And I feel like he'd been in the league six, seven, eight years, whatever. Uh, four years. And he didn't play 21 because he was healthy. 2019 was his rookie year. Right. He was he was he had he was he was to his tight end for one year right after OJ Howard. Yeah. Now maybe there got, was one maybe maybe there was one dead year, but it was but Bama has a has a history of of, of some underrated tight ends. Oh, I forget he's it was there. OJ. Yeah, right. yeah. I, no, I think OJ was drafted in 2018. He was rookie in seven, maybe 17. We could but, have had yeah. OJ instead of John Ross. We were talking about John Ross earlier. 
OJ, we could have drafted him, and I could not. A lot believe. of guys we could have had instead. Yeah, of so let's not go so, there. It'll hurt too much. Yeah, no, it hurts though. But um, all right. So, um, and I want to remind everybody now, Irv Smith had a kind of a drop history, and and maybe not the surest of hands. But I want to remind everybody, Evan Ingram, when he was on the Giants, had some issues catching the ball. He now has the franchise tag. He had such a good year. So sometimes a change of scenery, a new coach sees something, says, you know what? If you just do this or focus on this or don't let it get to your body or, you know, has a tweak. This, like I said, Evan Ingram got the franchise tag from Jacksonville. So, and yeah. this was a guy who had a similar history on the Giants. But okay. great. I, I want to talk about that for a second because I know Jake Lisko did it and, um, People are saying that Irv Smith has drop problems. I know he had one big drop in a game in the last year. Yeah. He has he has four drops in his career. Mm. He's only dropped four passes in his career, and he was a number one tight end with the, with the Vikings for nice. a, at least a year and a half. I know he was a starter going into last but year, it's the, it's and he got hurt, drop. and they signed Hawkinson. But like he has four drops in his career. Like what? Yeah. What, what is this that we're? I don't know. That that was the here? big that was the big negative on him. Um, and I just want to point out Evan Ingram probably had a comparable amount of drops, but Evan Ingram on prime time dropped a touchdown pass. You know, when you do stuff like that, people remember that. So you can have three or four drops. And if they're significant, they're going to stick in people's brains versus you never even saw him drop the pass. So yeah, um, for for his career, he has dropped 4.2% of his passes. (laughs) Well, I, I always go. I trust our coaching staff. So like when we go with Nick Scott, I know that Nick Scott's got whatever it is Lou's looking for. So I don't even question it. He's oh, absolutely. He's got a much no, higher ceiling. Nick, yeah. Nick so. Scott's absolutely. When the moment that they brought him in, uh, I was talking with some other Bengals guys that, 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 that make content for, for the team. We're not for the team, but um, do podcasts and stuff. And we we're like this this like this is a guy that that Lou likes. He he can play downhill. He's very versatile. He has a pretty decent frame. He like he's not he's a little different than Von Bell. He's not a tackling machine like Von is. Probably won't do much blitzing, but he can play downhill. He's quick. He has good instincts. Um, and he's he played with um a great organization, and which is exactly. What, right. what the Bengals normally strive for is players who are captains, come from great organizations, have history of winning. Um, Nick Scott is exactly what, what Lou is looking for. He's going to play any – like he can play a- any role asked of him, and that's kind of what Lou has been known to do the last three, four years is move guys around any given week just depending on who they're playing and what the, the scheme and plan is going to be, and that's what Nick Scott can bring. And he's going to be plug and play. He'll, right. he'll be out there week one as starting safety next to Dax Hill. That's just how it's going to be. The one thing that I like about him, and it doesn't go to physical characteristics or anything, is the fact that he played for the Rams. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He learned, you know, how to do all that. Um, Probably learned a ton from uh, our our good friend, uh, Eric Weddle, and everything he had to uh, say about the Bengals throughout. But um, Nick's, Nick's got is a seventh round draft pick and you rarely see seventh rounders even make it in the NFL. But when you see them, become starters and get a good second contract that tells me something that tells me that he's scrappy and that he's going to work his tail off and he's got probably some good locker room uh, a good locker room individual because there's no draft capital that's a big term used in the nfl there's no draft capital in the seventh rounder so when you see a seventh rounder make it there's probably a lot of good to him yeah i agree those are great points 
So the last guy, let's talk about um, Sidney Jones, and let's also talk about Terrell Basham, who we got in as a depth piece. So remember, we've, we've re-signed Pratt. We thought Pratt was going to be gone. Pratt's still with us. So we've now added a depth piece, a linebacker, and then another cornerback. So what are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, Jones will play. Uh, he's he's going to be – now, <laughs> the Bengals asked a lot out of Eli Apple when you – Use the fact that he was signed off the street in August in 2021. Still a free agent, um, by the way. I've still a free agent. agent. I, I, I've said man, this, but yeah, but I've, I've said this. Uh, I, I, I've pick. said this multiple times on this show that Eli Apple led the league in defensive snaps. Well, he was second in the NFL behind Jalen Ramsey in 2021 in defensive snaps played. Uh, last year, he still played a ton of snaps uh, because Cheeto went down. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, Jones will play like he's going to play. Uh, he was a former third round pick, I think, with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, something like that. Yeah. Pretty high pick has moved around a lot. Uh, one stat that I saw 2021. Well, he was re- released with Seattle last year and then Vegas picked him up uh, midseason. So he only played like 10 games last year in a contract year. He had a uh, negative 5.7 completion percentage as the nearest defender in coverage in 2021, according to NFL next gen stats. So 2021, he was pretty good. Um, he's going to play and they know that like they're, they're going to, they're not going to ask him to lead the league in defensive snaps played, but until Chidobe comes back and we're not entirely sure right. what he's able to do. And he's probably going to end up walking because of that exact reason. Cause he might just not be back to himself. Uh, coming off of torn ACL and in a contract year. It's a lot going on with the Wouzier. Mike Hilton's also in a contract year. Um, so they're, they're, they're still going to need to draft probably multiple quarters and at least one pretty high, even though they took one pretty high last year and he hit. Like Bengals have a definite future piece at corner with Cam Taylor Britt, and they're oh, going to yeah. need to get another one. Yeah. yeah. No, I see us going first round or two. I think we get a corner that we spent most of our time at the combine talking to corners. So um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I have Irv Smith and Sidney Jones are both former second rounders. So yeah, uh, and, Irv and Smith that, definitely was. And... Yeah. So these are these are these are quality guys. The um, what do you have on Basham at linebacker? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, he he's. I mean, he's going to be a rotational guy. I mean, of. The Bengals have multiple pass rushers who, are, if healthy, they're, they're going to do most of the work. Um, they don't ask the interior guys to pass rush a lot. I've, they still will have failed to dip their pool in a smaller three technique who can be a three down guy and rush the passer. That's still one of the biggest needs on the team. It's it's been yeah. that way. B- BJ Hill is like decent enough, but he's not a pure three technique pass rusher. But he'll be a rotational guy. He's not going to play a whole lot. Um, they'll probably still end up drafting one. They hit again, they hit on Osai, but they right. didn't take one last or uh, no, sorry. They hit on Zach Carter. I think Zach Carter will get a lot more playing time in 2023. So that's kind of where Basham will sit at the, in the depth chart. He'll be behind obviously the, the big guys, Hendrickson, Hubbard, Osai, and then Zach Carter is going to be the first one off the bench if something happens. And then you have Basham as, I mean, honestly, he's probably going to be just a camp body. I would imagine. I don't. Like he, he'll he'll probably have to fight to make a team to make the team with whichever edge guy they end up drafting on day three. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. There, it was a very low risk, right? Nothing, nothing really to that signing. Um, he's not going to come in and shock the world and be a BJ Hill. Um, there's not much upside. It's just he's gonna he's gonna try his best in camp and try to make the team. 
Yeah, I, I like to close my eyes and pretend it's Boogie Basham, who's really good, but it's not working. <laughs> so, yeah, you could squint maybe, and it'll if it's blurry, it'll look like uh, Monet. Right. Know? So, um, uh, you know, so like I said, we can't. Sorry, call- Cam Sample too. Cam Sample too. So the, he's he probably won't. I mean, he might not make the team. Like he yeah. might not even make the team. So is he? He's edge. He's not. I thought he was a linebacker. He's edge. He's a linebacker. Oh. Line, linebacker but he's not like a coverage guy so he's not going to be running right. routes with right. guys he's not going to be guarding tight ends right. um that's 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 for Jermaine and logan and an adg to do so the, he's not gonna you know line up you know seven yards away from the quarterback like like in the second level like the linebacker as well he's he'll he'll, he'll, he'll be he's a linebacker the Bengals like because they normally run a four three they can't they kind of switch to a modified four three three four hybrid but uh Yeah, I, I guess we froze, but to finish the, that that thought after unpausing this, yeah, the Bengals have switched more to a modified 4-3-3-4 hybrid the last couple of years, getting more athletic guys off the edge. Um, but Basham, again, if he's on the field, he'll rush the passer. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a bigger dude, but might not make the team because, again, we forgot about Cam Sample. So Sample and Carter are two guys who they've drafted the last couple of years uh, that have kind of hit in terms of where they were drafted. Yeah. Carter was the third, Sample was a fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. And they've played and they've produced. I think Camp- Sample had a playoff sack last year. Um, so, yeah, Basham might not make the team, but who knows? We'll see. Now, we added, um, I don't know if we talked about it, we added Cody Ford for depth. That's a pure depth piece. Um, also, we've, um, you know, with the signing of Brown, Jonah asked for a trade. But I don't think, I think Jonah stays. I think Collins might be the odd man out if somebody's the odd man out. Well, he has would- to be healthy. Um, there, there is an out in Collins's contract that would make sense. It, it, it would be financially fiscable to, um, to release Collins. It would make sense. Releasing Jonah is not going to happen. They're not going to cut him. Right. No, uh, his, his salary is guaranteed, but yeah, Jonah is, might not be happy, but the best thing for Jonah might just be to play right tackle in a contract year, because then if he plays right tackle in a contract year, he can see, he can use that in contract negotiations next year for whatever team wants him to either play left tackle for them or move him to right tackle. Because again, Jonah as a left tackle in terms of what teams are going to talk to him about in again, interviews and free agent meetings next year is there's never been a point where Jonah was a top 10 right left tackle in the league. And that's sucky to say because the Bengals used a really premium pick to get him in 2019. Uh, and he missed a whole year. He was out the whole year. And it of course, never felt like camp. he's been yeah. like, really, really healthy. Um, but Jonah's been a fine left tackle. He's never really had a bad year. He's just been above average, which <laughs> well, what we've seen some left tackles make the last couple of years. I mean, I go back to the Nate Soldier contract. Right. Uh, that was a long time ago, and that was four years, $77 million with the New York Giants. So Jonah will get paid, but if he balls out at right tackle, which I think he's more than capable of doing, he now has a two-way um, negotiation part if that makes sense of what he can say to oh. teams. Um, yeah, he has, they have options. They can use a right, right tackle or move him back to left tackle. So he's, he can show his versatility and it'll be good for Jonah to find a team that, that he, uh, he wants to go to instead of forcing himself out of Cincinnati and him rolling the dice and, you know, it might be drawn dead to go to a really shitty team. And that's just, you know, yeah, the, I mean, the, the bottom line is Jonah has no leverage, no power. 
Right, uh, correct. If the Bengals want him to play right tackle. He's going to play right tackle. Yeah. He is not sitting out. He cannot sit out. He will lose all equity. And unless the Bengals have a right tackle fall to them in the first round that they feel they have to draft, uh, I don't see them trading Jonah unless that tackle falls. They draft the right tackle, and in a, in a mid-draft trade, they trade Jonah for a three or a four to get the cornerback that you probably thought they were going to take in the first round type of thing. That's the only way I see Jonah being moved, yeah. and I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. And very yeah, I agree. I agree, and it's in Jonah's best interest to put some Correct. great stuff on tape this yep. year. Like I said, put you in a great position to either stay with us and get a better contract or move on to another team. It's in yep. his best interest to go ahead and put on some play a good season. So he's highly motivated. And, um, you know, let's see. I think most of it was more of a, you know, just we weren't going to consult him. We were going to go get Orlando Brown. Right. So, you know, you, it's, you, you know, you're not, you uh, you're not that level player to the team to where we're going to consult you. So. Right. So it is what it is. So let's see what happens. Um, like I said, he's got a huge economic economic incentive to play well. And Absolutely. the last thing I was going to talk about was um, Mixon. Now, Katie Blackburn has said that they have no plans on moving Mixon. I think they're going to ask Mixon for, to take a pay cut. Um, and I think he probably would. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I don't think he wants to hit the open market with Ezekiel Elliott out there. I think, I think Mixon takes a pay cut in his days. What are your thoughts on that? Paul Jake, Daner said close on this. What did Paul Daner um, say? Paul Paul Daner said at the beginning of the month that there's no incentive for Mixon to take a pay cut, which is a little frightening because I don't know if Bengals fans want to hear this, but Joe Mixon's not good anymore. Joe Mixon is a below average running back based on every single advanced metric last year. You might look at the Carolina game and say, yeah, he had five five million touchdowns in that game and he ran against one of the worst run defense defenses in the league at that time that was missing Derek Brown in, in that game and say, well, he's still good, but he has no burst. Uh, he doesn't fit the scheme that they do. Samaji fits it or fit it way, way better. Um, Mixon's more of a patient guy and Samaji just runs right through and runs you over. Um, th th they're going to draft one. They need one because we talked about it earlier about they're just really thin at that position. And I saw some people talking about Travion Williams, but it's been three, four years of Travion. If they haven't given, given him a chance by now, they're, they, they're not going to, they like him enough to keep him on the roster, but they're not, they're not giving Travion Williams 20 snaps a game. And they, and there's still Chris Evans on the team, but again, right. it's been two, it's been two years of Chris Evans. Where's, where's his shot been? They have to replace Samaj Pirine and they have to get a guy who is better than Joe Mixon because, if they don't, they have a weak running back room and a back that's not good anymore. And in the scheme that they're trying to run with how much Mixon was relied upon in the past game, which is another problem in itself because he's not that guy anymore. He's basically never been that guy for the Bengals. He was that guy at Oklahoma, but Marvin never used him in the passing game. Never and Taylor didn't until like four years. And by that time... He was already 27 and 28 and lost his legs. So they need a complete reset in the, that position room. Uh, and it might not be coming, which is a, it's, which is a little frightening. But to Bengals fans who still love Mixon, and I love him as much as any player on the team. Uh, uh, but he's not that guy anymore. Okay. And hey, Cat, I don't know if they're going to, Instead, and kind of 
choose his play, but they're going to draft somebody. I agree. I think we address it in the draft. What do you think about maybe Freeman Elliott? So that's so that's where I wanted to go, and it looks like we're losing Jake. Oh, I think that'd be even worse. So it'd be worse to to get Elliott instead of uh, and keep Mixon. Go ahead. I'm jumping in. So the one name I wanted all free agency long, I don't see happening at this point anymore. He's still a free agent. I love Jarek McKinnon. He's one of the best pass catching backs in yes. all the NFL. He was phenomenal for the Chiefs down the stretch. He was I, a Swiss Army knife for them. Yeah, he did a yeah, lot and, of and things. He can run up the middle. I mean, he can take he can he can carry the ball. I I'd love to see it happen. I felt the backfield of him and Mixon would be great. Um, I don't know enough on the numbers to know if they still need to give Mixon um, or to get Mixon to take a pay cut. I don't know, but what I do know is that. Mr. Elliott is certainly on the backside of his career. He's not going to lead a backfield anymore, but he's a heck of a pass blocker. And he's at, or yeah, he's a heck of a blocker in the backfield and he's a heck of a pass catcher. I don't know if he's the answer. I don't know what he'd cost. I don't know what a backfield of Elliott and Mixon would look like. I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to draft someone. Um, a guy that Tajay Spears out of, uh, is it Tulane or Tulsa? Um, is climbing up draft boards. Yes. Love him. So you know, can you can you, I, I don't know if they can economically fit Zeke Mixon with a rookie. Um, the name out there, if he gets to twenty eight, do you take it? Do you take the unicorn and Bijan Robinson? I don't know. I don't think he's going to get there. I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah, but there's work that needs to be done in the right. in that running back room for sure. But flip side. This team just needs to be serviceable at running back. We don't need an all pro. Right. We don't need somebody that's going to win player of the week at any of the 17 weeks in the season. We just need it. We just need service, serviceable guys in the backfield that can leave the passing game wide open. Yes, I agree. I think we address it in the draft. I think we'll see. And if Mixon is cut, you know, it'll be a post June 1st cut to save uh, cap space. So, um, and that, <laughs> the- and that brings, Talking about cap space, that brings us right back to the final thing that I really want to talk about was was the Joe Burrow extension. We're all sitting Wait, here waiting. Can I say one more thing? Why yeah, uh, can I say one more thing about yeah, Zeke and Mixon? Because I, I I froze and left and came back, and the first yeah, thing I, I heard was the, the first thing I heard was a backfield of Joe Mixon and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, that would be painful to watch. That's just a bunch of old, a bunch of fat old men who are slower than me uh, on the field at the same time. It's not that kind of people. Like you said, it's first of all, it's not economically possible. They're not going to pay because Mixon's making twelve million. Zeke right. is going to get nine to ten from whatever team signs just because he's a big name. He's going to get eight to nine. Like, yeah, I guarantee you. Um, I don't think we pay Zeke. I don't think we no, pay. Zeke. They won't. It's not possible. Oh, I don't want to like, pay him that much. I, I don't even think. I don't even think that. Zeke rumor. Well, it wasn't a rumor. He said these are the teams that Zeke Elliott has lit has has finalized. Right. But I don't think the Bengals knew that. Like I think they were like we were talking about that. Dad, that was our joke. Yeah, yeah that no, report that came out is Zeke, like that was Zeke like, trying to make a market for himself. Correct. Yeah, like right. Zeke, like, Zeke Elliott <laughs> wants these three teams, but do any had, of these three I, I teams want Ezekiel Elliott? I always get proud of myself when I can make Jake laugh with one of my takes because he's the. <laughs> And when that tweet came out, I called Jake. I said, Jake, did you see that Zeke just listed his three finalists? And he hadn't seen it yet. I said, yeah, it's it's us, it's Eagles, and I forgot who the third was. I said, I don't think any of these three teams know that no. he's on their list. No, no. That was, yeah, that was Zeke. 
at trying to create his own market and his agent <laughs> trying to create his own market <laughs> it's, with teams it's, that weren't interested in him and never interested in him. It's the world of... Uh, right. Uh, the report was, here are all the teams Zeke is interested in, but it, it, are these teams interested in Zeke? Please bid on no. me? Can, you, can you please offer me money? Yeah. yeah. So, and then that night, Zach Taylor was at like some charity event or something, and there was a a, a Cincinnati Inquirer reporter there, and he asked him, "What do you think about this?" And he's like, "I got no comment." And he, and he no. just laughed. He was he had a smirk on his face. <laughs> he's like, "The fuck you're trying to say? You think we're signing Ezekiel Elliott? Like, are you new? Are you new here? I mean, he's twenty. He's a twenty nine year old running back. We're trying to get rid of Joe Mixon, who's who's younger than that, and has been in the league last years. And right. uh it's yeah, but they're. Again, they're gonna need to draft one, um, but again, Mixon's not that guy anymore. And if if Joe Mixon's a starting running back, that's I think one that's an issue. But two, you said that they don't have to be great at that position. Well, go look at the 2018 Rams with Todd Gurley because that's what the Bengals are gonna look like if they get Bijan Robinson. Is they might score 35 a game, and I don't even think it's gonna be that challenging because yeah. um, if they're able to run the ball out of 11 personnel, which they will be able to with 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 Bijan and they can't with Mixon, uh, that's really dangerous because if they get to, if 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 they can get teams in base defense to try to stop the run, they're but Burrow will throw for 350 a game with ease. And Look, that's what Jared Goff did. That's exactly what Jared Goff did with Gurley. And then the moment Gurley left, within two years, Jared Goff was gone. Right. right. Look, if if Jonah's gonna play right tackle and healthy and ready to go and Awuzie is healthy, and we're set at corner, I trade up to get Bijan. Because then uh, No, he's still a running back. Yeah, um, I don't trade up for a running back. And the you have you, to make no, sure... You get my point. I'm just you know, saying, yeah. I run, okay, I run to the podium to draft Bijan. See, oh, that, that, was, that was just what I was going to say, yes. is that is a statement that you will hear me say a lot during March and April is run to the podium. I've I, that's been like my saying the last couple of years. Um, but yes, if Bijan is there, that is a run to the podium type of guy for sure. Right. I don't know if they agree, and that's fine. Like I'm not, you know, gonna get mad at them for taking a corner or a right tackle in the first right. round because when you look at fifth year options and those are the players that you, right. or those are the the positions that you want to be able to get for an extra year and use that first round pick. Um, but Bijan's probably not going to be there anyways, so I right. would rather have them not trade up. But if they did trade up, it would say a lot of what they think of him and how they're going to use him, which will and, be exciting. Uh, last thing I'll say on him, and I know we're we're going long. I apologize. I listened no to um, one of the other Bengals podcasts last night. You mentioned one of their names, Jake, um, and they my were guy. huh? Let's they go, were, my guy. They were discussing, you know, Bijan, and one guy said pretty similar to what you said, Jake. If if you think he's the unicorn, you take him. And if they think he's the unicorn as a fan base, we love it. If they don't think he's a unicorn, if they think he's just pretty good, then don't take him. Because yeah. yeah. well, we don't need a pretty good running back. But no. if he's a unicorn, run. I, I, I know exactly who said that. He's one of the guys who who's in my my chat who I've talked to about Bijan. He he is he is number one on the Bijan train. Mike oh, Bengal yeah. Sands. Yeah, uh, Mike is for sure. He he's the one who was talking oh, to me wow. about looking at the 2018 Rams and uh, seeing what what they did with Goff and Gurley. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the mindset with Bijan. Is it's a very it's a very real possibility if he's there that the Bengals might take him right. and just turn into a complete offensive juggernaut. Um, my goodness, would that be fun? Yeah, that would it, be fun. It'd, be, it'd be a lot of fun. 
So. I'd order the jersey that night. Yes. Oh yeah. No, he'd be. I mean, Bijan Robinson has his his uh college tape. His not tape. His highlight reel is like very Tavon Austin. Like I know all the kids. Uh, like my age used to always look at Tavon Austin's highlights at West Virginia. The kids these days, they're, they're going to look at B. John Robinson's yeah. and the stuff he did at Texas for three years. Like I cannot believe he's already in the draft. The, those three years flew by really fast because they didn't really win a whole lot uh, when he was there. But some of the, the, the stuff he did and some of the plays he had was very Barkley-esque too. Yeah. Uh, just unbelievable. The, the yeah. one great thing is if we were to get Bijan, we wouldn't have to watch Joe Burrow sneak at second and one anymore ever again. No, we would not. No. We'd like to see anyway. So, right. yeah. So, all right. Well, talk, you talk about Burrow. Let's talk about where, you know, Katie Blackburn, Zach, they're optimistic. Things are moving forward. I haven't heard anything. That's the one thing we're waiting for is the Burrow contract extension. So I don't know where we're at. Have you guys heard anything? I haven't. Haven't read all I've heard are positive things being said by Katie Blackburn or Zach Taylor that it's in it's in progress. The only thing, and Jake, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if you got the answer. Do the Bengals need to wait until giving him his fifth year extension to give him the contract extension to make the salary wait one year longer? Do you have do we know that answer? I, I I never found the answer to that. It's pretty com. It's a it's pretty it's a complex equation. But I can right. tell you that Mahomes' extension was late summer. So was Josh Allen's, and that's when Burrows and Herberts and Hertz's okay. are probably going to be is right. in late summer. That's what it, so I think they do have to wait to be able to get because they can't give that fifth year extension for another. Period. Right. It's it's May first is is the deadline to um accept fifth year option. So they they're gonna accept the fifth year option. Joe right. Burrow will be will be will be cheap. He'll be I think it's nineteen million, twenty million for maybe it's like twenty twenty three right. uh for quarterback. So the Chargers will do that with Herbert. The Eagles can't with Hertz, which if because if, he was not a first rounder, right? If this theory that we're talking about is true, which I'll have to ask um uh, one of the Bengal salary cap guys on Twitter. I'll I'll DM him tonight. Um but because he might know the answer, um, the Eagles might have to. If, if this is true, then the Eagles will probably extend Hertz first, which I kind of think is interesting because I don't know if these teams are just waiting to be second. I don't know if they, if I if either of them necessarily are rushing to be first, um, right. because we expect like the Chargers athletic guys have reported that Herbert's going to get fifty. The Bengals guys have reported that Burrow is going to get 50. Hertz will not get 50. Um, but if Hertz gets like 42 or 43, we're going to be, you know, Burrow is going to be like, well, fuck that. I'm way better than this guy. Give me 50. You know, same thing with Herbert. Now, Herbert hasn't made a Super Bowl. So Burrow yeah. has that leg. Her Burrow has that leg to stand on. Yeah. Herbert doesn't really. I mean, he's, he hasn't made, he's made the playoffs once and blew a 28 point lead. Uh, right. But like, we know how good Herbert is. Herbert absolutely. If if he gets paid fifty million dollars a year, no one's gonna complain or throw a fit. But yeah, Hertz Hertz won't get that money. But if Hertz gets overpaid a little bit, then those two studs, who are probably the third third and fourth best quarterbacks in the league, respectively, at worst, uh, can be like, well, this guy's not as good as us, and he get got forty three. So especially for the Bengals and Chargers, I, I don't think they're necessarily rushing to beat each other. They're probably both waiting for Hertz as well to see. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. I definitely think it gets done. Um, they'll get creative. Uh, yeah, but you know. th there should be no panic. Mahomes was late summer. Josh Allen right. was mid-August. 
They're probably just waiting to announce T and Burrow at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they are talking. T wants to stay. We want him. So all this stuff. So this is, guys, this is why Bates isn't on the team anymore. This is why we thought Pratt was going to be gone, but Pratt yep. gave us a gave us a nice hometown discount. Um, yep. I think Burrow signs a favorable contract if he's given assurances that the money's going to be spent on people around him. I think he's got that Brady type of mentality where it's team first. Like I said, we've gotten these quarterback numbers have gotten into stupid money numbers. So what you can't get behind 45 million, you know what I'm saying? It's it's gotten into so big that you're you can leave some money on the table. Obviously, Brady has you know, it's, ability when your wife makes more than you do. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, that was it. You know, I, I think it happens. As fans in, in this, I've seen this way too much on Twitter. It's kind of exhausting. As fans, like you said, Mark, when these numbers are getting astronomically high, it's really easy to put yourself in Burrow's shoes and say, well, yeah, I'll just take 43 and, you know, not get 50 because $43 million is still so much, but... These guys are competitive. They want to make more than each other. Um, you know, Burrow and Herbert is a mini little rivalry now, and especially on, on especially between Bengals and Chargers fans, it's getting right. pretty, pretty exhausting because Joe Burrow is just racking up those playoff wins, and Herbert's right behind him with zero. Yes, um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's to them. It one hundred percent matters to them. You see it a ton in baseball. A guy gets forty million dollars a year. The next guy signs for forty million and like one thousand. Like they know, and it matters well, to them. But they also but, will do stuff like you can do other things. You could say, well, you know what? You're not the most per year, but you've got the largest right. guarantee, right. or yeah, you've got the largest like signing bonus. Like Orlando Browns, the big thing was the signing bonus he got. That was the largest signing bonus ever given. So yep. you know, it's certain I mean, yeah. things. You can give them a nugget that they can hang on because there's so many different ways to look at it. In the end, it's a boatload of money. I mean, it's third world country money. You know, when you look at at some of the GNPs of some of these countries. So, like I said, it's going to happen. Yeah. uh, So Josh Allen was 150 million guaranteed. And you also made a point, Mark, about, you know, the, the team friendly part of it. The Bengals can make it a team friendly deal and still give Burrow the money he's deserved if he's willing to wait for it, like Mahomes is. Oh. Uh, and that is now seen, and it is, it's been two years since he signed it, and it's already looking like the, the best contract in the sport in terms of value-wise. And right. in another two years, it is going to be better than any contract by far in the sport. Well, and they can- going but, up so much, and people lose- Right, because, right, well, that's the, yeah, because it's exponentially. It's like, as you there's a graph, and it's, well, the cap's going up, but- you know, his contract keeps going up and the cap's still going up. So it's the same value every year. Right. Uh, and it, he's still Mahomes, and that's, you know, but that's the wrinkle that, that they might have to really look at. But I don't know if they're going to because they don't restructure contracts. And that's well, what, what the Chiefs have done with Mahomes. What about making it kind of a floating contract where his increases are based upon the increase in the salary cap? So he could get a percentage. I mean, yeah, there's like I said, Katie Blackburn is really good at this. So we can make him. He could be the first person whose contract is guaranteed to increase because it's tied to increases in salary caps. They can get creative here. So I I see that probably happening, which will give Joe something to hang his hat on. Hey, yeah, I didn't get this, but I've got that. So the the biggest thing that I I will I, I will tell people watching and listening in terms of the reasons that they should not be worrying is be is because negotiations these days for those reasons are so complex. There is a lot of stuff that these parties are 
are throwing out on the table. There are a lot of stuff that they're putting down, a lot of options out there, a lot of routes and directions that they can go. Um, and the biggest thing is that the two sides are going to figure out what the best contract deal is for the team and for Burrow. Because Burrow's not I – mean, Joe Burrow does not want to be there for 10 more years and put the team in a, in a cap hell situation like Deshaun Watson did with Cleveland. Right. Um, that's that, that's that's not what's going to happen. There, there's going to be, be flexibility there. There has to be because if there's not, then they're behind the eight ball compared to their, their two competitors in the AFC and probably a third because the Chargers are going to do that with Herbert. So they'll be the only team that doesn't have flexibility if they refuse to do that and they just give Burrow whatever he wants. But only anybody wants that. So that's not what's going to happen. Is they're, they're gonna, And that's why this is taking so long. That's why I want to tell people this is a reason why they don't need to worry. That's right. Is relax. Because all the time Aaron and, Rodgers, like, relax. Right. It's, it's a relax. very long process. We're not on Madden here and saying, yep, eight years, 240, Burrow comes nine years, 260. We're going to increase that ticker and boom, it's done. That's not, no, there's going to be, you know, and also an NFL contract, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get released to the public that they're also need. They they also need to figure out. I mean, there's, there's probably stuff in the contract where, you know, Joe Burrow doesn't have to pay for anything in the vending machine for seven years, or he gets, (laughs) you know, he X amount of family passes per game. Like there's making uh, if you're, if you're making like four or five million a month, okay, if you're making four million a month, do you really care about the vending machine? I mean, <laughs> heck, you can own the company that that brings and fills the vending machine. You never know. He he wanna he might want the team to, you know, buy a personalized golf cart for his for his girlfriend. Yeah, just a bunch of hey. a bunch of stuff. So his girlfriend can be like, yeah, my I got this golf cart from the team. How cool is this? It's funny what people negotiate at. My dad was in transportation as a teamster at the studios for years. He's retired. But one of the things he loved to do was work on Jim Carrey movies because Jim Carrey insisted on an espresso truck on location on every shoot. So if you liked your gourmet coffee, you wanted to work on a Jim Carrey. He was big on the sushi and big on the espresso trucks. So it's weird where these guys have their feelings that, but they will negotiate that stuff in and you never know. So well, um, I know you guys have seen Moneyball and you know in the in the movie, Billy Beans talking to the the then Cleveland Indians GM about Ricardo Rancone. He gets Ricardo Rancone and he has the Indians GM fill his vending machine for two years. I I have not confirmed if that's actually what happened but i really want that to be true <laughs> yeah there you go so Love it. all right well i want to remind everybody we're going to wrap this up i want to remind everybody this has been an amazing off season we got orlando brown we got jermaine pratt we weren't expecting the players we lost we knew we were going to lose okay and we've replaced them with either lateral moves or better players and then i want to point out the biggest win we didn't lose any of our coaches so this is all huge. And the and we put ourselves in a position to go BPA throughout the draft. We really have. There's no, Absolutely. we don't have to do anything at one. We can take the best possible player, whether it's a running back, a cornerback, a tight end, whatever we decide. So this has been a great offseason, even though we only really have the Orlando Brown signing. So I want everybody to feel good about that. I, I can't stress that enough. The continuity going into this year. Heck, our, our win totals 11 and a half. We're the number, us and the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean. It's 11 and a half. Well, what more can you ask for? It's it's way too early to think about teams who could win the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Bengals are going to be in that bubble for, for years to come. 
but they put themselves in a position to be the best team in the league. And there's probably only three teams, maybe at at most three other teams. I don't even think I'd put the Eagles there because the Eagles weren't the best team in the league last year, and they lost a shit ton of players and coaches. So they put themselves in a position with this offseason to be the best team in the league, either them, Buffalo, or or KC. That's it. So, all right. With that, Jake, remind everybody where they can find your stuff because he does some great podcasts. You definitely want to be following Jake on Twitter. Remind him where they can find your stuff. Yeah, especially when when football season comes around. Um, Jake Circus podcast on Spotify and YouTube season three coming out towards the end of the summer. And then Twitter at Jake Circus. It's where all my Bengal stuff uh, goes. Gambling, baseball. If you want to want some nerdy baseball stats about guys I like, uh, check out the Twitter. There you go. And if you don't subscribe, please subscribe. It's all we ask to show by fans, for fans. We just ask for your support. Hit the bell. We're going to be doing, I don't know exactly when it's going to be, but we're going to be doing a, a, a draft preview. We're going to be doing a big draft recap. We might do a uh, a show during the draft if we have, you know, some big news. So, so just hit the bell so you get the alerts. So please subscribe. Please hit the bell. Devin, Jake, great show. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks with more. So uh, let's sign with them and say, who day, everybody? Take care. Who day? <laughs>